everybody and so we meet again for another episode i completely skipped out on last week i was overwhelmed with so many things that i had to do and i kept meaning to sit down to do this and to have a chat with you because honestly when i sit here and have a conversation with you or right now it's with myself um it's it's very relaxing for me actually and for me this is taking a break like just having a chat with you is taking a break but i did that thing and i think we all do that where i kept telling myself like once i get this done and this ticked off my list then i can give myself a break and i can sit and record this and i just had so many things to do and i just i didn't make the effort to sit down quite honestly and i do feel really bad about that but the point is that i am back and we're here for a brand new episode episode let me try and learn how to speak <laughs> together. So we have discussed dizziness, shortness. No, we haven't done shortness of breath yet, I don't believe. We've done dizziness. We've done heart palpitations. We've done throat sensations. And then I did a Q&A with you guys as well, just answering some questions. And we did talk about some more symptoms in there. For this episode, I decided to not focus on one specific symptom but to rather talk about a few different ones, I've chosen 10 top symptoms that we talk about all the time in the community. And these are ones that are maybe on the stranger side or the scarier side, or maybe they don't make any sense. Like you're not sure how this is linked to anxiety. So I've chosen the top 10 that I think um, you may resonate with the most. And I just, I'm gonna go briefly, briefly through them um, just kind of explaining why they happen and then in the end I'll give you some tips that can help manage all the symptoms. So let's dive in. So the first one is needing to go to the toilet more often when you have anxiety and what I'm talking about here is peeing more often like urinating. Um, I'm not going to get into like an upset tummy and that for this one but this is a very very common symptom of stress and anxiety and so many people don't realize it i myself did not realize it i've dealt with anxiety um my entire life really um but of course when i was young when i was little i didn't think oh well i'm stressed out or i'm anxious so i'm scared of this thing and that's why i'm going to the washroom so many times but as i got older i did start questioning like seriously because <laughs> I, I honestly like i'm still like this today it's the one thing that i don't really know how to tell you how to how you can deal with it except to really learn how to manage your stress levels but if i'm nervous i will go to the washroom a gazillion times i can honestly go and have a full bladder i can go five times in the span of like 10 minutes like seriously it's an issue um and i never wanted to go anywhere because i'd be in the car and then really need to go to the washroom and you know that that feeling it's the worst when your bladder is full and you feel like it's going to explode and there's no washroom close by or you have to wait so this one is really, I wouldn't say it's a scary one, it's more of a really frustrating, annoying symptom. So of course I'd, I had to do research for this one and I actually researched this one fairly recently because I had always noticed that I needed to go to the washroom more often when I'm anxious, so I kind of realized, okay, when I'm, I just knew, you know, we start to get to understand our bodies and I knew, okay, when I'm anxious, 
um, I'm going to need to go to the washroom. Like when I did my exam, um, when I was studying nutrition and I did my exam, like my final exam, I, it was awful because as I sat down to write, I needed to go to the washroom. Um, oh man. And they say that you should drink a glass of water before like an exam or any kind of test because it can help you remember things better. But there's no way that I could do that because I already have to go to the washroom when I'm anxious. I can have nothing to drink and my, my bladder will just fill itself. So of course, it all comes down again to the fight or flight response. When the fight or flight response is activated, it actually causes the kidneys to produce more urine. Um, it's not really understood why this happens, but it has been it has been noted that this does happen when people are under severe stress. Um, and then another one is that when your nervous system is stimulated, when your nervous system is under severe stress, it takes less to activate the body's natural urge to pee effectively. So it all comes down to just what's happening inside our bodies. The minute our nervous system is, is overstimulated, that's when all these weird and strange symptoms can happen. Um, another one with this, and this, this does make sense to me, is when we're very anxious, we tense up our muscles and that includes the muscles in our stomach like you may even notice now that your tummy muscles are very tight like if you are aware of it and then you're able to just release it now instead of sucking your, your tummy in you know how we tend to do that you'll immediately notice like maybe your muscles were were clenched up so when we're putting all that pressure when we have all that pressure going on in our bellies from our muscles clenching up it puts strain on our bladder and then that can cause you to feel like you need to go to the washroom. So that does make a lot of sense to me because for me, I do carry a lot of stress in my belly. Whenever I'm stressed out, I always feel a lot of tightening in my belly and I always have to be very consciously aware of that. So that is something that you can look out for as well. Number two is dizziness. I'm not going to go into a very in-depth thing here because I do have a whole podcast episode on dizziness. I did want to touch on it here because this is probably the number one symptom that we talk about in our community all the time. And I know that this is a very, very scary symptom for so many of you. It was one of my absolute worst symptoms. And it was the one symptom that really prevented me from wanting to go anywhere or do anything. Because when you're dizzy, I mean, everything is, is swaying around you. It's, it's, it's spinning around you. You can't focus. You feel like you're going to pass out. You feel like there's something seriously wrong with you. It is a terrible, terrible symptom. So if this is one that you're dealing with, I did just want to touch on it briefly. Again, the fight or flight response. When we are stressed out, the blood will either rush out of our heads to parts of our body that it thinks needs it more. And this rush of blood out of our heads can cause that feeling of being really dizzy and off balance. Um, what I mean by this is that when our body thinks we are in danger, it's going to send blood to areas that it thinks needs it more. So if the blood rushes out of your head to your arms, it's to help to make you stronger in that moment, or the blood could rush to your legs to help you um, obviously run away faster. Um, the blood may also rush to your brain during fight or flight, and this rush of blood to your brain can also cause you to feel really dizzy and off balance. The reason why this happens when your brain thinks you are in genuine danger is to help you to think clearer because your brain thinks, okay, we're in a life-threatening situation. 
let's send blood to the brain it's going to help you to think more clearly so you can kind of think your way out of the situation and then another cause of dizziness is shallow breathing when we are anxious we if you are anxious and dealing with symptoms all the time you're not breathing properly and trust me on this because now when i start to experience symptoms um I immediately know that I'm not breathing properly and then I immediately get back to my breath and start my deep breathing again. Um, I highly recommend checking out the podcast that I did all about dizziness. It's almost an hour long. I'll link. I'll have the link in the caption for you to go listen to that if dizziness is a big symptom for you because we go deep into dizziness in there. I give you loads of tips that I really hope will help you and moving on to the next one so since we just spoke about dizziness and the rush of blood to and away from your head there's two other ways that that can affect you and two other symptoms that that can cause okay so i'm actually confused (laughs) it's one other thing that that can cause because i want to talk about brain surges with you so when the blood rushes to your head when your body thinks you're in danger and it sends blood to your head to help you think more clearly. This rush of blood to your head, like I've always described it as like a whoosh feeling going through my head. When I had my very first panic attack, that was one of the top symptoms for me. I was standing in line at a drugstore and I had a lot of symptoms happening. I'll actually do a podcast um, episode on this if you'd like to know more about that. But one of the symptoms that I had was a brain surge. And of course, I knew nothing about anxiety at the time. I knew nothing about panic attacks. I had no idea what a brain surge was. I just felt this, and like I say, I I describe it as like this whoosh feeling going through my head, which I now know has a name, unbelievably actually. It's called a brain surge. Um, And that rush of blood, that can cause you to feel incredibly um, off balance. But not just that, it's, it's a very strange feeling. Unless you've experienced it for yourself, it's it it kind of like makes if you're sitting down and you experience a brain surge, you'll like jump up and, and be like, what the hell just happened in my head? It's a really strange symptom. And I feel like the best way that I can describe it is as a brain not as a brain surge, as a whoosh, like a like you just feel this like rush of blood through your head, like a head rush, right? So I wanted to mention that one because I always see whenever I post anything about how anxiety can affect affect the head or the brain, um, I always talk about brain surges and I always see in the comments people um, talking about like a strange feeling or strange sensations through the head and if you can relate to what I've just said then that is a brain surge and it's very unsettling, it's very uncomfortable but once again, it's a result of the stress response and it's not your body trying to hurt you. You're going to feel strange. You're going to feel weird. You're probably going to think that there's something seriously wrong because it's a very intense sensation, but it's just another one of those really strange anxiety symptoms. So moving on from brain surges, I want to talk about brain zaps, another one that comes up frequently um i know so many of you deal with this and so many of you just like me had no idea what this was until fairly recently um i see comments all the time like that's what it is i get that i had no idea it had a name and it's really awful when you're experiencing something and you don't know what it is or that it even has a name because then it's like what the heck and i know you can go to the doctor and try and explain it and sometimes the doctor doesn't even know so 
I really hope that this will bring you some comfort. So a brain zap feels like, it feels like a little, it feels like there's like an electric shock going through your head. It feels like you've been like electrocuted, but just like the mini like little electric shock sensation um, through your head. And it's, again, like it's really difficult for me to try to describe it. Like unless you've experienced it for yourself, it's a hard one to, to describe. If you've experienced it, then I know that you're listening and you're like, yes. And maybe you have your own way of describing it. In which case, please let me know because I feel like we need to talk more about this because so many of us deal with it. Um, it's just, again, just like a brain surge. Like when I would get this, I would like immediately like grab my head or jump up and be like, what was that? And because it's so uncomfortable and such a scary sensation, you become so fixated on it and then I would just be sitting there anticipating it happening again and thinking like what is this and then of course our brain runs away with all these stories of what it could be and we think it's serious and we think it's a real medical issue. So just like with the frequent urination this one isn't very well understood. It has been linked to high stress and anxiety but it can also be linked to um, side effects of certain prescription medications. So if you're on anxiety medication or any other prescription meds and you are experiencing this frequently, I do recommend checking in with your doctor. Um, as I always tell you guys, I'm not a doctor, so I can't like diagnose you or tell you exactly what it is. I always just explain things in terms of anxiety related to anxiety and my own experiences. But I hope that this brought some clarity if this is something you're experiencing and you've been completely lost as to what the heck it is. Another one that comes up all the time, and this one is, this is a scary one for me. This was always a really scary one for me because it, it didn't make any sense. Like I didn't understand it. Um, and that is tingling. When we experience tingling in our skin, and there's many different ways that we can experience this again i feel like i could talk for an hour about all the different ways you could experience this but it's like a pins it feels like you know when you sit on your hands and then your hands go numb or you cross your legs for a long time and then you have pins and needles it feels like that and it can be really mild or it can be really intense you know like when you have really bad pins and needles and it's it's actually painful um i would sometimes get it that bad and that's why I would be so scared like sometimes it would be mild and then it would just kind of linger all day and then sometimes it would be intense and I would sometimes get it um, I would often get it in my in my left hand and I would always like think that I'm having a heart attack or something it was this was a very very scary symptom for me now that I'm actually thinking back because I would deal with a lot of chest pressure and chest pain I would deal with a lot of shoulder pain and then I would have the tingling and it would be intense tingling with all the shoulder pain and chest pain and everything which when you google it it tells you basically that you're having a heart attack which is just great when you're already you know kind of freaking out so of course once again it comes down to the stress response but I really should mention here that it's not just during a panic attack that you may experience this like this is something if your nervous system is permanently stimulated this is something that you can experience all the time because I know that there's kind of this misconception. Okay, so the stress, the stress response is responsible for the fight or flight, which means, okay, I should only experience this during a panic attack, but that's not true. Like, yes, maybe the symptoms may be at their most intense during a panic attack when the adrenaline is just fizzing through you, 
But if you're nervous, if you're dealing with anxiety every day, you have internal inflammation going on, your nervous system is permanently stimulated, this is something that you can deal with all the time. And that goes for any other symptoms. I just wanted to reassure you there because I don't want you to be worried that, oh, well, I'm not currently having a panic attack, but I'm tingling everywhere. Um, It's because your nervous system is permanently stimulated. In fact, I'm actually going to read you something here just so that I don't ramble on. This was a post that I did a little while ago. When we are stressed and our body releases stress hormones, our nervous system becomes overstimulated and this can cause the sensory nerves associated with touch to become overstimulated as well and therefore hypersensitive. So this would make sense why you may experience tingling like over the long term or every day or for hours at a time or days at a time. So when it comes down to the stress response, like during a panic attack, a reason that you may experience tingling then is because of the blood changes that happen in your body when your body releases all those stress hormones. And as I, as we know by now, um, you're going to have blood, your, your body's going to push, your brain's going to push blood to certain areas of your body. And for example, if if your brain decides, okay, we're going to send um, blood to your arms to help you Um, become stronger and the blood is going to leave your legs you're going to have tingling legs you're going to have jelly legs it might even feel numb because the blood has rushed out of them Um, but it doesn't just even if your arms may still feel tingly just from the rush of blood to them so whether blood is rushing to a body part or away from a body part you may you're going to notice it like your, your skin becomes hypersensitive when you're anxious and you're going to notice every single sensation like I know that you are relating to what I'm saying right now, how we are hyper aware of every sensation when we're anxious. Um, I spoke about this in the throat podcast that I did about swallowing because so many people are, they say that they feel like they can't swallow. And it's when we're like, swallowing is just an automatic thing that we just do and we don't think about. But when you're anxious, you, you, all of your focus is on things that are usually just automatic. So with the tingling, we're so hyper aware of every sensation in our skin that we notice everything. Okay, so next is a symptom that's very common with generalized anxiety disorder, which is just that anxiety that you deal with all day long, that feeling of there's like a cloud of doom hanging over your head. And it's that feeling that something bad is going to happen. I used to honestly think that I was, and I I say this all the time, but I would genuinely think that maybe I was psychic. And this feeling that I had was was just warning me that something was going to happen. It was terrible. Um, And obviously I didn't want to tell anyone because I didn't want to sound like insane or strange or have someone tell me oh maybe you are psychic and (laughs) freak me out more but um this is a very very common one I see all the time people say "I, I, I feel like I'm just anticipating something but I don't know what it is or I feel like something bad is gonna happen or I'm just like waiting for something to happen and that's because your nervous system is is in a complete state of just your nervous system is completely overstimulated. So it's sending signals to your brain that something is up, like something's going to happen. And then your brain is trying to protect you and it's preparing for the worst case. So it's just this, it's just this endless cycle. 
we need to re- reassure ourselves, we need to reassure our brains that we are safe. And the best way to do that would be to really pay attention. Because when I feel this feeling, when I feel this anticipation, as I spoke about earlier, it's always in my stomach. And I know it's different for everybody. Like right now, as you're listening to me speak to you, pay attention to where you feel like you're holding tension. Um, that's all part of why you're feeling all of these 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 symptoms why you experiencing all these scary thoughts you holding on to the tension your body your brain thinks you're in real danger so for me i'll always have this this knot in my stomach this knot of, of anticipation where i'm like okay i feel like something's gonna happen so what really helps for me is to pay attention to that tension in my stomach and to consciously release it so to just release just sit and just feel my stomach release i'll even put my hands on my stomach and i'll breathe into that area and take some nice long deep breaths where i feel my stomach rise and fall Um, if you feel like the tension is in your chest you could put your hands on your chest and take some deep breaths there but i'm telling you like when you start paying attention to where the tension is sitting in your body and you start releasing that it really helps with that feeling that 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 just that that constant feeling of something that's going to happen. It's it's a really awful one. I feel like I'm stuttering a bit here because I'm trying to I'm I'm trying so hard to figure out how to explain it properly to you, but if you have if you're sitting here with anxiety, then I don't even need to because you know exactly what I mean. So, just start paying attention to where you feel the tension in your body and go onto my Instagram page and look for my posts on GAD, on Generalized Anxiety Disorder, and go into the comments. Like, you'll see so many people experience the same thing, and I find that it's so helpful when we can see that this isn't something that we're dealing with by ourselves, and that other people really do feel the same thing. Like, I honestly believe that that makes such a big difference. Okay, so the next one, and I've been seeing this one pop up more and more lately, is dry mouth. Is dealing with a dry mouth when you're very anxious. Um, it can happen just temporarily when you're going through panic, or you may notice that your mouth you're dealing with a lot of like with the dry mouth all the time. And then not just that, but also a bad taste in your mouth or like a strange taste in your mouth. Um, before I dive into how anxiety could cause this, I should mention here that it could also be a side effect of certain medications. So it's very important to always check with your doctor. And I recommend checking in with your doctor for any symptom. I always do have a disclaimer for that. Um, um, and then it can also be as a result of shallow breathing. So, because because when you're anxious, we tend to take an air, like very shallow breath through our mouth, just into our chest. This can cause, by the mouth breathing can cause a lot of that dry mouth sensation. So... Just be aware of of how you're breathing. Like that's a really, really big thing. I personally find that just breathing in and out through my nose really helps me when I'm going through a lot of stress and anxiety. I also really like alternate nostril breathing. Um, If you go into my Instagram, on my page, under my panic attacks highlight, I do have a video there on how to do it. I am going to do an updated video soon. I feel like I've been saying this for a while, but I am. Um... Or you can even just Google it or go to YouTube. Um, my favorite yoga teacher is, is Adrian. Just search yoga with Adrian. She has a video on how to do alternate nostril breathing. So I have a, I had a whole little intro there. I wasn't going to talk about the breathing until after I explained why it happens. But 
I just wanted to mention those two um, things that can definitely cause dry mouth. So in relation to the symptom and the fight or flight response, I made some notes that I just wanted to read to you and I hope it will make some sense. So when the stress response is activated, digestion may temporarily be halted as your body needs to focus all of its attention and energy on the threat, whether real or not. Saliva is a huge part of the digestion process, so since digestion is halted, saliva production becomes suppressed too. As a result of less saliva being produced, you're naturally going to experience a dry mouth. If you experience a chronic dry mouth, then over time this can allow bacteria to thrive, resulting in a bad taste in the mouth as well. So I really hope that that makes some sense. Another reason for the strange taste in your mouth, I'm not going to get too into this, but um, is from acid reflux. So our stomach may produce more, more acid when we're stressed and this can reflux into your throat and this can cause a bad taste. Another reason is when we're anxious or when we're stressed, the stress hormones actually increase inflammation in our body and increased inflammation means your body is going to produce more mucus. And I go very deep into this in the episode where I talk about throat sensations. So if you want to learn more about why that happens, I recommend listening to that. And I'll leave a link for that as well in the caption. But when you have all this excess mucus and bacteria thriving, that can cause a bad taste in your mouth as well. And then number eight, and I'm not going to go deep into this one at all because I feel like I do go really deep into this in that episode that I just mentioned where I talk about throat sensations. Um, It's flu-like symptoms associated with anxiety. And again, um, as I just mentioned, when we are very stressed, stress hormones create a lot of inflammation in the body. This inflammation creates a lot of mucus. The mucus causes the tickle in the throat, the itch in the throat, um, that urge to cough. It causes congestion. Um, It causes everything that we associate with, you know, having a cold or having a flu. So again, I do recommend listening to that. But yes, it's very strange, but it makes more sense when you understand it. Anxiety can absolutely cause allergy type symptoms. So the next one I know is really a big one. It's a very scary one, and that is sensory issues. Um, I really just want to touch briefly here on how it may affect your vision, your hearing, your ears, um, because those are the two that come up all the time. Again, when our nervous system is stimulated, um, our nervous system is connected to our sensory system. And when our nervous system is overstimulated, our senses are going to be heightened. And when our senses are heightened, it's going to cause things like blurry vision, floaters in our vision. Um, all these things that we start to think are maybe, well, for me anyway, when my vision used to blur in the midst of panic, I always used to think that I was having a stroke. It was probably my number one fear. Um, and then I would start to put all the other symptoms together with it. I was dizzy and I, I, I had a headache and I felt nauseous and I felt sick and, and I would immediately think that I was having a stroke. But blurry vision... Let me just tell you, is a very common anxiety symptom. I talk way more about it on my Instagram. If you'd like me to do a separate episode on this, I absolutely can. But it all comes down to that overstimulated nervous system. And then hearing and ear issues. I actually just did a whole post on this recently. I always do refer you back to my Instagram page. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm pretty sure that you're following me on Instagram. Just because I go into way more detail in there and I always recommend reading the captions. But 
this the whole point of this episode is to just let you know that these symptoms are normal so for ears you can experience hearing loss you can experience um, ringing in your ears that's a huge one and that may be connected to tmj as well tmj is is a result of um, anxiety and issues with your jaw from clenching from clenching your jaw um, over a long period of time again i'm not going to go deep into that i have a post on my page i think that we should do an episode just on that just because it is one that comes up a lot but um everything is connected so if you're clenching up your jaw a lot and you or you're clenching your teeth at night from like you you may even be doing it now like we do it without even realizing it that can lead to a lot of things and a lot of people don't realize that the jaw like it's all connected so if you have a lot of tension in your jaw that can affect your ears that can give you those headaches it can cause twitching in your face everything is connected i think it's so important to understand this and then stress hormones also affect the pressure in your middle ear so you know when you're changing altitudes when you're on a plane um, or you just like at a different altitude you experience the the pressure in your ear like the ear popping or you'll chew gum or whatever to try to keep your ears open stress hormones affect your ears the same way that changing altitudes does which is it's insane what stress can actually do to the body but understanding it really does help so if you're experiencing ringing pressure pain anything really weird with your ear but you're also really anxious um maybe you've gone to the doctor they've said there's nothing they can't see anything it's a very very common with anxiety and then last but not least and this is another top one that we talk about that is incredibly unsettling i would say that this one is definitely a very scary symptom not just not just annoying or strange this one is scary and especially when you don't understand it and you experience it and you've just like what on earth is happening and that is that feeling of of feeling like you're existing in a dream or like you look around you and things just don't seem real or you'll look at yourself and it's like you don't recognize yourself you look in the mirror and, and it's it's such an unsettling feeling um and yes um i'm pretty sure you know the name for this if you deal with it um it's derealization and depersonalization derealization is when you feel like your your surroundings are just not real or they're kind of foggy it's it's again a strange thing to explain but i know that if you deal with this and you you completely understand it it, it feels like you're in a dream like you you feel like you question am i awake or like why do things feel hazy or like just it's again i'm trying to explain it it's it's so much easier to just feel it but obviously i can't like share how i'm feeling with you but it's it's just a very unsettling feeling you you feel like you're in a dream but you're awake and then depersonalization is when you yourself don't feel real or you don't recognize yourself um, a lot of people will describe it as feeling like an alien like you just feel foreign you don't wreck you don't feel like you're in your body you don't feel like your body is your own like sometimes for me i would always say i would like look at my arm or my leg and it would feel like it's not my arm or leg and i'm laughing but it's when it happens it's really really uncomfortable or i would look in the mirror and I, it's like i wouldn't recognize myself for a minute um 
sometimes it lasts a lot longer than that though like some you can experience it for just a few seconds a few minutes some people experience it for days for hours for days for months um and i and i cannot relate to that because i haven't had it for that long for me it would just be for usually a few minutes and then i would kind of snap out of it i'm pretty sure that i i'm pretty sure i've had it for longer than that i'm pretty sure i had it i i feel like i've had the derealization um, last a lot longer than the depersonalization. The depersonalization, when I that feeling of not recognizing myself, I would experience it for very short bursts of time. I would be in, it would it's so unsettling, it's awful. Like I would, I I would just want to, I don't know, go up to someone and like ask them if I'm real or something. But um, the derealization I have experienced for longer. Um, I feel like during my worst anxiety, I did feel like I was existing in this weird fog for days on end. Um, it's 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 a really scary feeling. So when you are mentally fatigued from chronic anxiety and you're dealing with brain fog, it can cause a lot of those feelings of just fogginess. Um, lack of sleep due to anxiety can cause the same feelings. But honestly, even if you do get sleep, I would something like I yes I I my sleep is very tricky like I if I'm anxious I really do struggle to sleep and then the lack of sleep does make everything feel worse and during my worst anxiety I went through bouts of severe insomnia where I wouldn't sleep at all and I would be existing on either no sleep or like one hour of sleep and I would feel that derealization really really strongly but even if I was getting sleep because I was so chronically anxious and so mentally fatigued, I would still experience it. So you don't, you can still get sleep, but you can you mentally drained from just dealing with anxiety twenty four seven, and then it causes brain fog, and which causes that hazy feeling, the lack of concentration, and you just feel like everything is just foggy, dreamlike, like you're in a in a dream. So this is connected this is a form of disassociation it's connected to severe stress um if you've been through anything really traumatic in your life you may experience more severe bouts of this but it doesn't mean you have to have gone through something traumatic to experience this but it's your body's way of disconnecting it's when things feel too much or overwhelming it's your brain trying to keep you safe by disconnecting from the overwhelming scary um, feelings it's like a form of detachment because you you kind of feel numb as well like you I mean you're so focused on on how you're feeling you're no longer thinking about your issues you just feel numb and you're wondering why you feel so strange um, this is again and this is what I always say uh, we have to be gentler with ourselves and realize that our brain is never our body is never trying to hurt us it's always trying to help us so yes this one, along with all the others that I've mentioned here, they definitely not fun. And it's not something that I would wish on anybody to go through and experience. But it's not your body trying to hurt you. Your body is just thinking that it's keeping you safe. I feel like it becomes easier to accept that when we understand why something is happening. So I hope that just by listening to this and with me talking through why each of these happen, um, or even just knowing that they connected to anxiety, maybe that just that alone can bring you some relief. But 
understanding why anxiety happens, understanding the stress response and how it can cause symptoms, that already brought me so much relief and helped me to release some of my grip on like that fear that was just keeping them coming back again and again more intensely, right? But just understanding why they happen and then it makes it easier to start to get deeper and get down to the root and figure out, okay, so what is causing my nervous system to always be overstimulated? Did I go through something and I haven't addressed that trauma in my life? Do I have food sensitivities happening and I just don't realize it? Am I overworking without taking breaks, you know? Is there something in my life that needs addressing that I'm just ignoring because it's too hard, but now it's manifesting as anxiety? So first, before you can start addressing your anxiety, you need to understand it. You need to understand, okay, when my nervous system is stimulated, this is what's going to happen. This is why this, this is, this is what happens during the stress response. This is, um, my body thinks it's trying to help me and it's causing me to be dizzy or to have tingling or to feel like something bad is going to happen. And then when you start to understand, then the next step, so the first step is awareness. Okay. And then you start to figure out, okay, well, where is it coming from? And then you can start to delve deeper into that. I always recommend my book because I really do share everything with you in there. My own journey, I explain in more detail why symptoms happen and I explain some things that may be causing your anxiety if you start to dig deeper. I will link all my favorite resources in the caption as well, magnesium, CBD, adaptogens, these are all things that really do help to support your nervous system as you're going through your own healing journey. Um, deep breathing is huge. Please pay attention to your breath. Um, I always say it's your anchor because it is. It brings you back into the moment, into the present moment, like right now. We don't want it when we're already dealing with anxiety. We don't want to be living in the future. We don't want to be thinking about what tomorrow is going to bring or what if I have a panic attack tomorrow? What Even what if I have a panic attack in an hour? You have to become as present as you possibly can be. It's more important for us who suffer um, with anxiety than like it, it's, it's especially important for us. So please focus on your breathing. Um, be consciously aware of your breath. Sometimes we don't even realize we're holding our breath or we're holding tension in our body and by breathing into that, we can start to release it. So deep breathing, I'll link my resources. I highly recommend checking out my book um, and then really reading the captions on my posts because I really do share as much information in there as I can. Um, connect with people through the comments. I, I love seeing you guys connecting there and these beautiful friendships forming. Like I've, I've, formed such beautiful friendships just by starting this community so it makes me so happy when I see all these beautiful bonds happening and like connections and it's amazing I think our community is just absolutely beautiful I love all of you I'm so grateful that you're here with me I hope that you enjoyed this episode I hope that you're feeling some kind of relief my heart is with you I know it's not easy but you're sitting here, you're getting through it, you are so much stronger than you feel. Um, I would love to hear your feedback on this, let me know what you thought, I'll connect with you on Instagram as well and we can discuss what, we can figure out what we'll discuss for next for the next episode, 
But for now, I hope that this brought you some comfort and I'm sending you lots of love and I hope you have a beautiful day or a beautiful evening wherever you are in the world and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you.